Bradberg with a beam here, and we're back today. We're gonna continue talking about kind of self and try to try to work on ourselves a little bit. So where we left off is you have to learn to say no at times, and uh, you know people will people will drain you. They'll uh, they'll pull you in different directions. Takers take and. They just, that's all they care about is their self, and they'll just keep taking. So sometimes you have to set limits and boundaries on yourself. You know, and it, say no doesn't always mean to somebody else. You know, sometimes it's say no to, boy, I've been watching the news for four hours and hearing all this negative stuff. It's enough. I've been listening about politics for four hours there's no solutions. It's enough. You know, I've been doing this or doing that. And, you know, with other employees sitting being negative with no solutions, that's enough. You know, say no to that kind of thing also. You know, say no to things that aren't productive, things that aren't solution-based. If it's not solution-focused, why do you want to be a part of it? You know, I see that so much. People waste their time listening to other people complain. These people have been complaining for years and not taking action. It's like, why do you want to listen to them complain? I just don't get that. Now, let's move on to degrading. You know, it, people will degrade us, you know, behind our backs or maybe to our faces even. But really, does it matter? You can't really be degraded if you don't want to be degraded. And it's so important to have a good self-image of yourself, but it's also important not to let people take that away. What makes a person that can degrade you? You know, if you don't like a person and they say something, if you don't respect them, that you shouldn't let that affect you. They didn't degrade you. They said stuff about you, but their opinion doesn't, you don't value their opinion. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take constructive criticism. You shouldn't, you know, work on yourself. But don't let people beat you down and degrade you and say things to you. I've in the past, you know, being around people with mental illnesses, especially borderline personality and bipolar, a lot of times during their manic episodes, they might say something very hurtful and negative, but it's not true. It's part of their weakness that they have to overcome. And why let that destroy your life? So make sure your self-image is truthful and don't let people degrade you. You know, if they are, it, if it feels degrading, it probably is. You know, constructive criticism is not degrading. And if anytime somebody gives you constructive criticism, if it feels degrading, then you need to work on that. That is something you need to work on because, again, it's not degrading. You know, everybody has areas they can work on every day. You know, I, I one time mentioned my wife. We were talking about sin, and I said, if I, if I sin, tell me, because if I don't realize it, we all sin and goof up so much that it's sometimes hard to catch it all the time. So it's good to have accountability partners, too. It gets back to the degrading part. 
don't let people intentionally degrade you. Now, stop wanting to always get rewards or recognition for everything you do. You know, some people are very rewards-based and recognition-based, but again, if you have a good self-outlook, if you reflect properly, you know when you're doing good. Now, don't get me wrong, it does feel good to get compliments. It gets, it feels good to, you know, have people say things to you, but you don't need it all the time. Work as hard as you can, do the best you can, and that's what matters. It's not what Joe says or, you know, what Sally says about what you just did. It's about the work you just did. It's about how you've helped other people. It's about how you've helped your customers and yourself. It's about how you recognize that everything you do, God is working through you and that everything you do should be at your best. You Maybe it's a task you don't care for, but still do the best you can. And that recognition and them rewards don't mean as much because you know, you know you're doing the right thing. Now, the next thing you have to do is something many of us don't do anymore. It's plain try harder. You know, try harder at your chosen path, at what you want to do, whatever it is. Maybe it's to improve your family. Maybe it's to improve your business or where you work. Maybe it's to help improve the church you're at. Maybe it's uh, your walk with God you want to do. Maybe it's all of the above, but work hard at it. You know, people, I, I think they almost feel that working hard is a bad thing now. Like, I shouldn't have to work hard. Look for the last 200 years who succeeded Actually, look for thousands of years who succeeded. You know, think about it. Back when Jesus was here, he walked everywhere. Now, a lot of times, people won't walk just a mile. You know, they walked miles every day. You know, so work harder. Work smart and work harder at your chosen path. Or maybe your chosen, you know, maybe it's many paths at once, but really put effort into it. When you get up in the morning, get a plan and stick to that plan and work through it and be accountable to yourself. Reconnect yourself too with everything around you. That includes nature and the real world. You know, after COVID, so many of us are stuck inside. Let's get back outside. And when you go out into nature, there's just something special where you connect. And I think that's why even people, you know, maybe not, they won't say nature, but they might go hunting. But part of that is getting out there and getting in the real world. What matters? What what you can really reflect on at that time? And what is just different and it's quiet and it's away from that hustle and bustle. It's away from the chaos. You know, if you go out Leave your phone, you know, on silent. You know, you might want to take it with you, but just leave it on silent and just go and enjoy yourself. Go and enjoy yourself with just yourself. That is so important. And getting out, get back out of the house. Nothing's going on in the house. It'll be fine while you're gone. 
get out there and see people, talk to people, communicate, you know, and just enjoy yourself again. I think everybody got so used to being inside, we became partial hermits. We go home and sit in front of uh, the computer or sit in front of the TV and waste away our lives. Maybe just start that on your way home from work. Just take a walk on your way to work, before work, if you're an early person. Take a walk before you leave for work. Really get your mind relaxed and think about things. Reflect on things. You know, and validate yourself at times. Think about all the wonderful things you do every day. And have gratitude. You know, I can't say enough about having gratitude. Be thankful and validate yourself for the things you are working hard on. Validate yourself for what you've been improving on. Validate yourself when you do a good job. That's not being prideful. It's just gratitude again. The Lord has let you have these skills, these assets, and I would be, you know, thankful and have gratitude for them. And pick a live time again, you know, getting back to the outside instead of dead time. Time in front of Facebook, you know, I just, I talked to somebody the other day and their Facebook time is 10 hours a day. That's 10 hours a day. I guarantee at least nine of them are just wasted. You know, get on, if it's part of your business, get on, do what you have to do and get off. It's just, uh. It's a waste of time. If you're spending 10 hours of your time, wasting 10 hours of your time, you're wasting 10 hours of your life. You know, if you're spending 10 hours in front of a TV, you're wasting 10 hours of your life. Get out. Live. Be alive. You know, go to the lake. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. Do activities. Go to Hahatanka. Go hiking. You know, take a walk. If you can't walk, just exercise in ways you can. There's different stretches. There's different yogas. You can do many things. You can read. You can go to school. You know, do these things and strive for a lifetime instead of dead time. Now, another thing that gets back to validating yourself, be confident. You know, and if that takes going back to school, go back to school. If that takes getting more training, get more training. You know, but be confident in what you're doing so you can strive ahead. If you're fumbling along, that's what you're going to do. You're going to fumble and you're just going to fumble and fumble and fumble. If you need more skills and more training, then get it. You know, I'll go back to uh, coaching again. I just seen this again last week. There's two different people I know having a terrible time. One is a coach, and she refuses to be coached. If you refuse to be coached when you're a coach, that's like saying I'm a mechanic, but I don't believe in engines. That makes no sense at all. So reach out to other people that can move you ahead. If not, you have no excuse that you're not moving ahead, that you're not where you want to be, that you're not happy, that you don't have gratitude. It's you. It's your ego getting in the way of you moving ahead. You know, the second person, he again does not want help. And this is more of a therapy case. But 
if you need the help, why wouldn't you get the help? Don't put the stigma on yourself. Get the help and move on. So you don't have to worry about putting a stigma on yourself. Get the help. It's there. If you don't know where to get the help, call me. 573-286-5625. If I cannot help you, I will get you to somebody that can. Now, be forgiving. And I think this is so very important. You know, so many times we hold grudges. And I see people hold these grudges and the people they're holding the grudges against, they don't have any idea. The people they're holding the grudges against, they're out living their life. They're out being a success. They have no idea you even have the grudge. And yet you've made yourself miserable for a month or a year or maybe six years. You know, and these people you have a grudge against have no idea you even have a grudge. So be forgiving, but also be forthright where you tell people and be upfront with people. Don't be confrontational, but say, hey, you did this and it really hurt. Or, hey, you did this and it made me mad. Talk to them. Holding a grudge only hurts you. Not forgiving only hurts you. You know, if you don't forgive somebody for 10 years, I guarantee it's hurt you a lot more than it's hurt them because you just hold that in and it it hurts you from having gratitude. It hurts you from fully loving other people. It hurts you from so many things that holding in that bitterness and anger, it just going back to people, uh, you know, you hear complaining all the time. They're usually miserable people. If you see them and talk to them, that's all they want to do is complain and sit on their computer and sit in front of a TV and do anything besides what's going to fix what they're complaining about. So forgive. Forgive. And if you can't forgive, again, I stress to you, pray for the person you need to forgive because it'll come to you. And while you're praying for them, it, you won't have that anger if you're truly praying for them. And it'll come to a point where you realize why you should forgive and how you should forgive. Now, I think this is a huge topic. Escape your head. You know, I would say this is the biggest issue we have. We're our own worst enemy a lot of the time. We have to just escape our own self sometimes when you're down on yourself when you're down on a relationship when you're stressed out um, I'm going to talk about stress for a second most of the time we have no control of what we're stressed out about so you can't control what's happening sometimes but you can always control how you react to it so get out of your head Think about how to react to things before they happen. Think about how not to be stressed and self-reflect. And if you don't know how to do that, there's plenty of books out there. There's plenty of classes out there. There's coaches. There's therapists. There is places for you to get help. And if you say, well, I'd love to take a class or I'd love to get a book, but I just don't have the money. Again, that's an excuse. Go to the library. It's free. Go online. It's free. There is no excuse. There's a lot of excuses, but it doesn't mean any of them are good. Now, 
stay out of your head and work on what's in your head. Work on positivity. Work on action. And I think that is the biggest problem in society today is lack of action. You know, if I have a problem with politics, I should be up at the Capitol. I shouldn't be sitting with my buddy Bob complaining about it. You know, if you have a problem with your job, improve your job. If you have a problem in your business, improve your business. If you have a problem in your family, improve your family. It does no good to make excuses. It does no good to stir around in your head and be stressed and be bitter and just anxiety-ridden over these things that you have control over. You have control over how you react. You have control over gratitude. You have control over positive thoughts. You have control over action. Now, I'm not saying if you're if you're manic depressive, you're just going to pop be uh, positive one day. You, it does take work. It takes a lot of work. But by doing that and taking the work to try to correct yourself, it might not be 100%, but it will be better than being bitter and angry and sad and anxiety-ridden. Focus on your effort. You know, when you're working on yourself, when you're working on your job, when you're working on your family, reflect on the effort you've done. Reflect on what you have done, what efforts you've made. And, you know, not the outcome. You can't control other people's outcome. But you can reflect on the effort you made If you did ask somebody for forgiveness, you have no way of knowing their reaction. You have no way of knowing if they're going to forgive you. And frankly, you can't let that bother you. But you can reflect on your effort. I have really tried to have them forgive me. I have really tried to give my advice. I have really tried at work to be a better person. I've really tried at home to connect with my children or my wife. Reflect on your effort, not the outcome. Because sometimes you cannot control that outcome. And I know that's a huge problem. Many of us are controlling. Guess what? You're not in control of most of your life. You're in control of your reactions to most of your life. Once you figure that out, it will be a huge step forward for you. If you want to plan your life, If you want to take steps, you can do that. But if there's a roadblock, you have to figure out how to change that roadblock, how to step around it, how to drive around it, how to get around it and react to it. You cannot control the roadblocks that come up. Always remember, you're much more powerful and strong than even your highest ego because ego is false. Ego is fake. The ego will get you in a lot of trouble. So stay humble. There's nothing in life you can't master. But being humble before your ego will help you master them so much quicker. Because you can stay true to yourself. Now I tell you all that to help you reflect. And now we're finally going to get started. I've had a lot of people ask uh, my book Encompass Purpose 2.0. 
they want me to unpack some stuff. And that's going to help us move from worrying about stuff, complaining about stuff, to action. It's very action-focused. So we'll get started here. It's kind of funny, you know, how much we really complicate what's so easy. We're born carefree and we're born happy. And that carries on. Have you ever noticed like toddlers, for instance, they shuffle around smiling, not caring about anything, not caring about what they're wearing. Their diapers are hanging out and their big bellies hanging out and they don't care about the latest and greatest. They don't stress out about things they can't control. And we need to be more like that. Well, maybe not the stomach hanging out part. I guess that's a personal choice, but... We need to watch toddlers. You know, if you think about it, if they waddle too quickly and fall, what do they do? They get right back up, they wipe out, and they cry a few seconds, and then they're off running again. What do we do? We wipe out, we crash, we have something bad happen, and we dwell on it thinking, oh gosh, oh no. Well, imagine if a toddler did that. Golly, if I get up and run again, I might fall. No, they just they get up and take off and enjoy life. They're too happy to realize that they're you know gonna have more accidents to fall again. They know they're gonna fall again. You know, but as we get older, we instead of getting back up, we like to dwell in the bad. You know. They accept the fact they're falling. We don't. As we get older, we stop playing. We stop being happy. We stop getting up as fast. Don't dwell on what happened the last time. Don't have fear or worry. You know, some of the adults have losses and they say, well, I'll just sit here. If I stand up again, I might fall. I'll tell you what, that's not the right attitude. Toddlers don't hold grudges against the floor because they fell. They don't hold on to that anger to get back up. They know it's not the floor. And it could be many things, including tripping themselves. Adults do a lot of self-sabotage. And then they don't get up again. They don't go again. So why? What happened? How did you get where every fall, every little hill turns into a mountain? Why are you paralyzed by failure? And what other things can we do to keep you living? We stop living. We fall into a random existence and fog that we can't control. I'm here to tell you, control your life. You're awesome. And if you get focused, you have guidance. To find out what happens. To go back. And reading the New Testament. Look at how many times Jesus says. How God's doing. He does nothing apart from God. But we do. Why do we think if Jesus can do nothing apart from God. Or chooses not to do anything apart from God. That we can. You know that's. Think about that if you would. If the Trinity works together. Continuously. Why would we think we could do anything apart from them and have much success? Jesus walks on water. He rose from the dead. But somehow humans think 
Well, everything's going well, so I'll just do this on my own. Then they decide, I got it. I got this. Usually they go off the rails, fix whatever they needed to fix. They start again and go off the rails again. They just keep doing it and keep hoping for different results. You know, Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So even though you're stubborn, let's admit it in our conscious and subconscious. Start to go, I already know how this is going to end. That's why we began to get paralyzed with failure. It isn't paralyzed with failure. It's paralyzed with fear and ego and pride and control and the illusion that you know more than God or that you are a God. If you pulled away from God and you try to live life on your terms, that's precisely what you're doing is living life on your terms and you're going to fail. The Bible has laid out what to do. For that matter, what not to do. It's not that hard. We complicate things and make it more complicated than it needs to be. There's a living God, and he has an instruction manual. He walked this earth. We'll be touching base on many things here, and it leads back to one spot. If we stop resisting and rebelling, you won't believe how joyous life can be. Ephesians 1.12 through 15 says, What is twisted cannot be straightened. It refers to ultimate perplexity and confusion that comes to us because of unanswered questions of life. Solomon's writing about his own life, discovering that neither his accomplishments nor his wisdom could make him happy. Actual knowledge is found in God. And true happiness comes from pleasing him. We'll keep going on with things, but it's very easy. It's not as complicated as you think. And that's great news. Next time, we'll continue on with more. And don't forget about uh, all the services that are available here at the Lake. At the Beam, we have many classes. Um, We have uh, Bible study. We have different recovery classes, mental health classes. And uh, we also just have fellowship uh, where on Sunday we get together at 1230. Bikers for Christ comes over. And then on Thursday mornings we have the veterans. They come over and at 9 o'clock and have breakfast. And then we work with a lot of different organizations, including in-house here. So if you have a need, feel free to reach out. We're happy to help or try to help in any way we can. We know life can have struggles, and we're here to help you up. Um, We don't give hands out, but we give hands up. And, you know, I think that's what really matters, and help you take action in your life to improve it and grow to a point where... You can be a productive and uh, wonderful citizen and just working on yourself, you know, just like this program's talked about. So if you know of anybody and you know they need help or if you need help yourself, feel free to call 573-286-5625-1371-C Bagnell Dam Boulevard. 
We're open from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. We're open on the weekend and nights also sometimes for our classes. So feel free to go on Facebook and check us out. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.